Welcome to 501c3 BS, Deprogramming for Organizational Growth, sponsored by the Gianneschi Center for Nonprofit Research at the California State University Fullerton College of Business and Economics. This season, we are busting this 10 minutes at a time with a short 10-minute podcast. This is part two of three. Number four, leadership is about making other leaders. Nothing is more inspiring than to be empowered with free will and the respect to make your own decisions. Parenthood is both a great example of leadership and a cautionary tale. The best parents make it their mission that their offspring will do better than them. My favorite book is The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. It's a book about a prophet leaving a town and giving them the secrets of the universe in a beautiful poetic form before he goes. And when he's asked about children, the prophet says, Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you yet, they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, But seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backwards nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are set forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite. And he bends you with his might that his arrow may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves the bow that is stable. Now, what if we applied this same passage to those we lead? Your team comes through you, but not from you. And though they are with you yet, they belong not to you. You may give them your guidance, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may employ their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls work in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backwards nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your team as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he also loves the bow that is stable. They do not belong to us. They have their own thoughts. They will lead beyond us. Our job then is to be the bow that sends them far into the world to hit their mark. As leaders, we give those we lead the vision, knowledge, and experience to become leaders in their own right. We send them out into the world furthering our cause. If we can do that, we plant seeds, we grow our mission, and change the world. To make those we lead into leaders, we must first give them confidence to lead. That confidence comes from giving them increasingly larger tasks. In the old days, people would apprentice, become journeymen, and then masters of their craft by increasing knowledge and skills. What if we took this approach with those we supervise? It is not uncommon today to have younger leaders of teams who are more senior. Maybe these more senior people are beavers and turtles who choose not to lead, but all have important contributions to make and things to teach. Each will lead at some point and should be allowed that time to shine. Number five, leaders have teams, not families. 
As I mentioned a cautionary tale when discussing parenthood as a model for good leadership at work, it is the same way that we empower our children with larger and larger teams to build their confidence. We empower our teams with larger tasks. That is a good use of the metaphor of parenthood for leadership. We allow our kids to walk to school on their own for the first time, but in actuality, we're hiding behind the bushes, making sure that they get there without any issues. We may do the same for our team members at work, give them a big assignment for the first time, but follow up to make sure it's done correctly. That cautionary part of the parent metaphor is that it can be very problematic if you treat your team as a family. Many people talk about their work as, we are all one big family, and what could go wrong with that? My cultural center used to say, we're one big family and it always made me cringe. First, because I'm from a dysfunctional family. Not all families are happy. Second, you can't fire your family members when they don't perform well. A family dynamic can undermine your leadership. Should you have to fire someone or part ways with a partner, you will be the bad guy. Families don't do that. However, if you have a team dynamic, this will not be a problem. Team members are benched, traded, and let go if they don't perform. We're on a mission as a team, not stuck with each other as a family. We choose our team. We don't choose our family. Number six, leading is about delegation. Delegation is the most important thing we do as leaders. It is impossible to lead well without it. No organization can grow, thrive, or succeed without a team effort moving in one direction. When I take a new job with new staff members or hire a new staff person, I do a little ritual. I ask them, what do most people mean when they say, I'm gonna delegate this to you? Usually they say, I'm gonna delegate this, meaning I'm gonna give you all the stupid things that I don't wanna do because I don't wanna do them. And I'm gonna make you do them because I'm your boss and I can make you do it. Generally, that's how that phrase gets used. Oh, there's a mountain of paperwork over there. Let me delegate that to you. In another situation, oh, the trash needs to go out. Let me delegate that to you. And then I tell them what delegation actually means. When someone is a true delegate, they act with all the power and authority of the organization's head. Suppose the U.S. president sends a delegate to negotiate a peace treaty or a trade agreement with another country. In that case, that delegate has all the power and authority of the president of the United States. Therefore, to delegate is the most important thing we can do as leaders. And to be a delegate is the most powerful thing any member of an organization can do. A delegate is leading at that moment. It is impossible to manage an organization without delegation. One person cannot be everywhere. If I, as your leader, delegate a mountain of paperwork to you, it's because that paperwork is very important to our mission and I'm trusting you with all my authority to get it done correctly. If I delegate the trash to you, it's because that trash has to be shredded to keep spies from stealing our secrets. When I delegate, it's important. Now, when I give this speech to my charges, they change their attitude about delegation. Delegation has a whole different meaning to them. I have given them a great nod of respect with every small task they do moving forward. Their jobs are now much more crucial. Such respect can go a long way in leadership. Number seven, respect and mission are number one. In national polls, workers show that they don't work for money. 
when workers who are making a living wage enough to be comfortable are asked what is most important to them in their job, salary usually comes in around number seven on a list nationally. Number one and two on that list is always respect and importance in their position, mission. That sense of mission is more true in our sector where people are attracted because of that calling. To inspire a leader needs people to feel the mission in their work every day. We work for that mission, not for the leader. We are delegates for the mission in our community. It is useful to have a reward system in place and ways people can achieve. We can't promote everyone who does well. And some people we lead are not our staff, but our peers. So we must have ways to acknowledge success in other ways. Promotions cost money, but titles are free in our field. Can we give someone a better title who shows increased responsibility? Absolutely. Awards are great, but it can be just as important to take someone out for an appreciation lunch or send out a congratulatory email to the whole team acknowledging a team member's success. Punishment should always be done one-on-one, but accomplishments should be broadcast far and wide. Thank you to the Gene Eschy Center for Nonprofit Research, California State University, Fullerton, and the College of Business and Economics for supporting our podcast. Our supporters include the Orange County Community Foundation, Southern California Gas Company, and you, our listeners. Thanks for the music provided to us by the California-based Brazilian Coro Ensemble, Grupo Falso Baiano. Have a great week, free from BS. 